As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, you're listening to me and Paranormal You with your host, Ryan Singer. Because it's more fun to believe. One nine seven four zero one eight. And if you can decipher that numerical code, <laughs> you will be able to download a free link <laughs> <laughs> to anywhere on the internet you choose. <laughs> you can travel through the internet at your own discretion. Um, I've got uh, my cosmic brother from another mother. Oh man, look at this one. Oh, this is a quartz that one crystal. Really gets me going. Um, I've got Ramin Nazer here with me, my cosmic brother from another mother. Oh, and there's just a brontosaurus. <laughs> Thanks for having me. <laughs> We're looking at a big bag of crystals that Ryan has, and it has every type of crystal. It looks like it has a one of those vortex spiral fossil looking shell things, which I don't know what it's called, but you see it in. This is on the cover of every math textbook or geometry yeah. textbook. That spiral, the golden ratio. Uh, yeah, it's like a it's like a um, a fossilized um, you know snail shell. Yeah, thing. Fibonacci spiral. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, Isn't that crazy that that dude it. named it after him? The fundamental like ratio of all creation. <laughs> He's like, I found it first. It's a Fibonacci ratio. Or did or did everyone say, hey, it's the Fibonacci ratio because you discovered it, or did he name it himself? Oh, good question. I don't know. I don't know, but usually it's named after whoever, like Hodgkin's disease. Like you know, like that guy is the guy who discovered it. But now it's like Hodgkin's. Ooh, you know, it's like. <laughs> Now or the Lou name Gehrig's, is, right? Or, or, yeah, um, but uh, this is a uh, oh, this is a Yogi ball. Looks like a walnut, which is like a fossilized like nut or something of some kind. Looks like a fossilized. I got that walnut. in Mount Shasta, California, uh, on my only trip there so far. It's very heavy. Why is it a yoga ball? A Yogi ball. A Yogi ball. Um, it's supposed to be. You know what? I don't really know much about it because it's been a while since I've I read about it. But I think it's you know it's for meditation and it's I don't know why it's so heavy because it's turned to stone. I think because it's uh, so old. Maybe why do you keep these all in a bag? These well, are so cause pretty because I, I carry them out to uh, get charged. 
You you put them in the so sunlight. I, I, oh, look at this! This is some good citrine right here. Citrine. It's the um, orange of crystals. Yeah. So it's uh, it's like the cream soda, like the push up pop. Yeah, creamsicle. Um, so orange oh, dream. Ooh, some black opal. Ooh, opal divine or just reg opal? Reg opal, I believe. I mean, that's from a dude who I met at Alien Con. I can't believe I'm remembering all this right now. This is great for me. What's Alien Con like? Alien, how, how much of that is ridiculous and how much of that is like... 50-50. 50-50, it's got a good um, point. And I was probably on the ridiculous side. <laughs> did you have a, did <laughs> you have a table? I had a table. I was the official podcast of Alien Con. That's dope. Um, and then I did stand up. For about 10, 15 minutes, I think, at the beginning of the dance party, the Halloween dance party, because they did a Halloween weekend, 2016. And nobody knew there was going to be stand-up before <laughs> the band. It was just you? And it was this famous band. I can't remember the guy's name, but like, uh, it's like a famous, like, I think Beatles. He, was, he was the guitarist for like Alice Cooper, I think, or something. And like, but they're like known for like, you know, the skull makeup and all that kind of stuff. Um, Misfits? No, they don't, no. they don't have the makeup. Um, and anyway, Misfits the, had nothing. Uh, apparently, to the guy's like a legendary guitarist. I can't believe like I'm I'm totally blanking on his name right now. But anyway, so I do like 10, 15 minutes of stand up before, and everybody was like, "What's going on?" And then eventually, you know, they warm up just as I'm supposed to be wrapping up. You know, so it was fun, and because I was dressed as like a uh, Wayne Coyne. This was back when I had longer hair. Yeah, and so I had Wayne Coyne, but with blood on my white suit. You're the closest doc- doppelganger to Wayne Coyne. I just realized that. Yeah, my hair's getting a little bit longer right now too. So this is the longest it's been in like a year. So I'm I'm, I'm kind of getting back into that like crazy hair a little bit. So yeah, it's um, just the right amount of salt and pepper too. Yeah, it's, you know, it's it's it it makes me. I get called sir everywhere now. <laughs> <laughs> like, sir, please don't touch that. <laughs> or what else can I get for you, sir? So it's like, it's like crazy, sir. Or like, sir, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, so we're going to talk about, I think we're going to dive into, I don't know. We haven't really discussed what we're going to talk about. We're going to get you a crystal starter kit out of these. Do you generally have a topic or are you some just kind of Some brown quartz. It? This was mined by hand from some uh, friends of mine in Arkansas. So we'll definitely get a piece of that. Uh, onto the side here for you. Um, typically, I know what we're going to talk about with someone um, beforehand. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. I, like we were talking earlier, I had this like, I drove home. If people are listening, this is like the first experience that I've recorded since I've been back. Yeah. Because I was just in bed for a week. But um, How often do you release episodes? Weekly? Yeah, I try to do at least one a week if not two every once in a while I'll do two a week but I've been like since I was on the road this summer and everything things really kind of were more sporadic I had to really focus on stand up so the 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 mindcast had to take a little bit of a back seat because um, I really wanted the album to be I wanted all my attention on the album that makes sense so um, but um, before we really get into this um, we got to talk about I mean we got all kinds of things here for you um I've done your podcast. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Uh, one of the longest ones ever, actually. Really? I think so. Yeah. We went to th- over three hours. It might be four hours. But looking at, you know, you see the list of everything you've done. I'm like, I wonder what the longest one I've ever done is. And yours is either the longest or one of the three longest ones. Oh, that's awesome. Because I saw you just had Duncan Trussell on. So I figured you guys probably went for a while. We went like close to two hours, but not okay. as long as yours still. But that was a good one, too. Have you had Duncan on this? No, I have not yet. Uh, I need to line that up. Yeah, we've that'll be a like, good one. I'd love to hear you guys. We've been in email contact, but it's never it's never lined up. Yeah, he's busy. You're busy. And so, um, 
but yeah, that would be a fun chat. That would be a fun chat. The uh, we've got uh, if you go to RameenNazer.com, you can kind of that's like your portal where you can get into all of Ramin's stuff. I mean, he's got a, a book that's getting ready to come out. Um, you know, Infinite Elephants. Um, you've got other books that you've already put out. You can find him on Amazon. He's got his own page. Um, this is a really cool page on Amazon. Oh, thank by you. The way. Like, um, I'm not exactly sure how you did it, but it looks awesome. It looks yeah. great. It's like I don't a, even know what you're looking at because my Amazon just feeds from my Shopify site, so I, don't, I haven't even looked at the Amazon one in a while. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. That. It's like a it's like an artist page you can follow. It looks like it's got like a black and white drawing, a uh, headshot of you, like a profile. Uh, oh, okay, uh, I think I know what that it is now. Excuse me, my cough here. Um, so you've got After You Die, I Love Everyone, Strippy Comics. Those are three different books you can get. And there's also, it's, it looks like the I Love Everyone is available on Kindle. Yeah. But the other two are not. They're paperback. But you want them. You, you These are things you want because you also did Shane Moss's trip journal. Yeah, a good trip. A good trip. Um, so, you know, you know, if you listen to the program, you know Shane Moss, of course, because he's been on here a bunch of times. But... Um, so yeah, if um, when Shane Moss had his uh, his little journal, like such a cool thing, I've got one upstairs actually. Oh, you got a copy? Yeah, Don't. I've got a copy, and uh, yeah, so cool, so cool. And, I mean, not to mention the animation that you do on our show, like uh, Underbelly. I mean, we use it on Underbelly. You didn't make it for that. Yeah. But um, you can find all that online as well. It's like really funny, trippy, short, cool stuff, and. And I haven't even talked about the Instagram page yet. Oh yeah, the Instagram account is just bonkers. It's like if you look, you know, you know me over here. I love like the positivity. I love the good vibe stuff. Positivity is R- not loud enough. Yeah, and and Ramin has got like that on full tilt, as they'd say. Um, so you need to check out uh, Ramin Nazer on Instagram. Which what's it's the Instagram account is? It's just my name. It's yeah. Ramin Nazer. It's R A M I N N A Z E R. Every day there's a new drawing. Yep, every day. And it's, it's, you know, talk about like putting content out there for the world for free. Yeah, you have to nowadays. I think yeah. that's the cost of entry is um, putting out what, and, you know, you might not be a writer or, or an illustrator or a musician, but everybody's got something. Some people are better on camera. Some people are meant to be audio. Some people are meant to edit or something. But I think that everyone's got something. And uh, yeah, it's it's good to share it because then it comes back to you in some way. You might have helped someone. Like we we all know the truths, like you know the fundamental truths and ancient Chinese proverbs or whatever. And you know we all we know it's all one, and we know we have to conquer fear, and the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. But all those sayings kind of get lost in like cliche land once you see them at Target or IKEA and just you know when you hear someone say something in a new way that hits you somewhere it changes your vibration like oh I, I, I remember now I remember who I am that's what I like and I hope that I, I do that to that's interesting because to some people the imagery that you're building in my mind when you talk about these these like really profound things that get turned into commerce um, you know, and it's not like it's nefarious, you know, underworkings behind it all necessarily. No. Like, you know, like, oh, we're going to take these these great sayings and then like make millions of dollars off of them so they'll lose all meaning. It's like, that's not what's really happening No, here. it's not. Um, but when you see them everywhere at like Target and Walmart and places like that, they do kind of lose, I don't know, the specialness maybe to them. When before you had to, you had to read an amazing book to find this great like nugget of insight, right? Yeah. Um, whether it's like tend your garden. 
or you know, or like you read the whole you you get through five hundred plus pages of Brothers Karamazov so you can get to the point of it all, which I don't even remember. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, so it's like you know, or, or a portrait of an artist as a young man by Joyce, and people are like, you just got to get through the tough part, and then once you get to the end, it's worth it. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, this is so hard to read, man. And then you get to the end, and you're like, yeah, man, they were right. What was it again? You know, yeah, it but fades away. It fades away and the but like you used to have to like search out these things and when you found them it was like this miraculous discovery like you were some explorer of the new world or or something but now there's just plastered everywhere you know on on the aisles of of capitalism it seems like yeah so like to get shook out of that and to get reminded of the real magic that's behind some of these things is i don't know it it feels like that's like your your mission in life almost. and part of me has that other side to it where i want money and i have a lot of fear surrounding money and resources and stuff and that like don't you secretly fantasize about oh man i would love to blow up to where my work gets bad like noticeably bad because the money has changed me and then i have to like <laughs> dig my way out of that arc i'm not saying that and then like have a comeback a creative comeback yeah exactly yeah you know what i do i guess i buy the powerball tickets um, I haven't in so long, but I, I, I believe a, in it. <coughs> it's been a minute for me since I bought a Powerball ticket. Because um, you're buying a feeling. You're buying that feeling and you're buying the imagination of, oh, what if I win? Like, you don't think yeah. about... I'm rich for a couple hours. Yeah, exactly. You're you're planning in that I'm just moment. waiting for the check to clear. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, the check will clear on the 8th. I've got Oh, that's days. a good meditation right there. You ever do that meditation where you imagine... Like, let's say, uh, I always use the example, especially to performers, like, let's say you're uh, performing at Madison Square Garden. Like, imagine you you sold it out, and it's done, and you just got back from it. Like, you just kind of sit there with that. Or it's like having a lot of money or whatever, with sexual experience or dining experience, whatever thing it is. Imagine it just happened, and now you're like, oh, man, I'm beat. Oh, that was great. That felt that felt good. And then you kind of realize that, oh, no matter what desire I want, even if it is really cool and it does happen, you're always going to be, you're still going to be you after it. And you have to reconcile with that. that Man, I can't wait for you to watch the Robin Williams documentary now. Oh, he goes into that? I mean, a little bit. They touch on that a little bit. There's a Robin Williams documentary, um, Come Inside My Mind is the name of it. Really? And um, it's on HBO. And if anybody loves, I mean... I don't know. To even ask someone if they loved Robin Williams seems crazy. Everyone to me did because he was one of my. Look at this. Oh, you can't see it. I've got an autographed uh, Robin Williams LP over here from him. Um, well, I didn't get it. <clears throat> there, you very much. Someone well, got this gift. Someone got this gift for me. Uh, they found it. Uh, <laughs> it says scenery in here. Wish I was beautiful. Um, Robin Williams. Reality, what a concept is the album. I was just listening um, to that a couple months ago on um, on streaming. You can just listen. Isn't that crazy? You can listen to any Robin Williams record from. Uh, it is crazy. Just instantly, right now, on our phone. It's 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 wild, and the idea too that I just kind of always assumed that was like a forge, a forgery. Yeah. Until Aaron, who you know, our roommate, she like saw that. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and she's like, she looked it up and she guess she looked up his autograph. And she's like, that looks real. Yeah. So I didn't even realize. I, all, I've had this for years and I just assumed it was forged. So I haven't like put it in a case or in a frame or anything. I've just kind of like lugged it around with me. 
I mean, I don't know. Things are what they are to us. But but don't you feel like not now because he's gone? I'm guess I'm thinking you're in his circle. Like you've been in L.A. for a while, and you do stand up, and you do stand up at the places that he might have frequented during, like, let's take 2014 to 20. 15 when he was at meltdown a lot or the improv or i know in san francisco he's at that uh what's it called throckmorton a lot like you could have very well have done shows with him and even like gotten to know him as a guy to where that autograph wasn't such a outlandish thing like no way an actual autograph he could have been a guy you were given a ride home to exactly but it never it never happened i guess just because whatever. yeah it never happened and the there would be nights where i'd be at a different show and someone would post something on Instagram, like Robin Williams dropped in the meltdown, and I'd be maybe at the improv or somewhere else. Oh, that's the worst. And I would just be like, <laughs> when am I going to get to be on the one with Robin? You know? Because, like, I mean, and you can't control this, but, like, imagine Robin Williams coming up to you and saying, oh, man, you're so funny. Can oh, you, man. Like, that would have, I would have quit comedy. <laughs> I would have just been like, top. this is, th- there's nothing else. I mean, the man who I emulated um as a kid just alone at home in my room just like pretending to improvise and bounce off walls <laughs> i bet you'd be back after three days though because that's how we are <laughs> it's like yeah robin said i'm good but somebody find me bob newhart <laughs> put me on a show with bob newhart <laughs> <laughs> that'd be an even funnier one just like you're 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 good and I, I You're and, funny. Uh, and Didn't enjoyed it. The language. Um, Man, yeah. I used to watch Newhart and the Bob Newhart show back to back when I was 10 on Nick at Night. And it was just such a, uh, I don't know, there's nothing else like it. Who's this old, silent, sarcastic man that's like irritated by everything? But and why is he always mean. on the phone? Yeah, <laughs> he's always on the phone. <laughs> that world doesn't even exist anymore. No, it doesn't. There's, I, um, I had this idea for a comedy album years ago. And I wanted, I was going to do it. I actually talked to Dom. It was like when Dominic first started working at Rooftop. Um, Dominic Del Benny, who. Um, from Blonde Medicine, the from record label. Medicine, Let's yeah. grow that label. Let's grow that label. My Let's make uh, it the new. Ryan Singer's Free Love will be out uh, October 12th, we hope, um, on Blonde Medicine for free everywhere except iTunes because iTunes does not do free. So my album will be free for everyone. Um, so you can just go on a site and download the files yeah. or you can stream it anywhere. You can stream it anywhere. You'll be able to download the whole album instead of paying for it for Man, free from my website and from other places. Like I, I bought the domains, Ryan Singer's Free Love. I've also bought freelovedownload.com. So um, so all those sites will just point to a download. All place audio? All audio. I'll have video too on my site. Because I did re- uh, videotape a few of the sets. Cool. So, but it'll be like, you know what I'm thinking of doing? This is more of a comedy talk than, than I guess, the esoteric and all that other kind of stuff. But Comedy, comedy is esoteric. <clears throat> but you know, I watched the Long Strange Trip, the Grateful Dead documentary on Amazon. I still want to see that. It's so good. I watched it the weekend I was, like right before and during while I was recording my album. And it was like perfect to watch. Because it was all about the Grateful Dead and how they were all about the music and the art. And the commerce was secondary, if not even third or fourth or fifth on their list. They weren't worried about any of that. And Jerry Garcia specifically, or at least is the one they they talked about saying this, was like, you know, music is art. It's not commerce. Nor should it be uh, in that way. And so, like, we, we focus on 
the art of it and the music of it and the rest who cares about the commerce and i was like watching this it'd be like 3 30 in the morning in a hotel I'd just be like that's right man yeah that's right man and like and it really reinforced the idea of like i'm so glad that this album is going to be free and all this kind of stuff and, and dominic's on board with it and uh but then there was like what's in it for him um the streaming you get the streaming you money. make all the money off streaming yeah. anyway so the split on like satellite radio and all that stuff so um so i'm just like yeah man that's like that's like what's really important tapping into like some kind of part of someone's soul someone's mind when they hear your music that resonates in such a way that they will just dedicate their life to following you around that is so (laughs) crazy right but then and they didn't care and they encouraged people to record all their sets oh i love that and you know as comedians are always like don't you know i i want to start saying like you want to record my whole set anytime i say go ahead no one's done that yet or no one no one noticeable everyone's done hannibal uh, dave Chappelle, uh i guess maybe louis or someone else like those top guys are which understandably so because they're they're working on getting deals that pay 50 million dollars from netflix so you can't have those clips everywhere but like if you're not that giant level like but if you want to record video and or audio of my whole set every time i'm doing stand-up i say go ahead i mean well and I don't think I'm the Grateful Dead. This should be a big distinction here. But the Grateful Dead, without even realizing it, that's what made them so insanely like this underswell, this community, right? Because but in, now you can access every Grateful Dead show that was almost ever played after a certain point. And, and people love it because they're all slightly different. Yeah, people I know that love the dead always love the live recordings way more than the studio. Yeah. They don't even listen to the studio ones. It's like it makes no sense to them. Yeah. But you said you're not the Grateful Dead like in a humble way. Like I'm not trying to make myself big as Jesus. But in a way you are because people that develop that type of following such as them is because there's no distinction between them and the audience. They're not like elevating themselves of like, I'm Jerry Garcia, I have the biggest dick or like whatever the other guy's name is. I forget, he was in that Tim Leary doc. What's the other guy? I mean, there's like five dudes in it, but uh, I think Oh, he's, Bob Weir. Yeah, I think Bob Weir. Is, Bob Weir is yeah. the other, it's like, uh, well, there's Bob Weir. It's not about worshiping. Lesh, yeah, those uh, yeah. idols. Like, it's about, we're here to create this community and, you know, we're, we're the ones playing the music so you guys can enjoy it. They're like in a service role, not in a... And they were all about something being, they didn't want their music to be static. They didn't want it to be this thing, this one singular form that like stood the, ta- the the test of time forever without change, like this iron monument or steel monument, right from yeah. the past. They didn't want that, um, and uh, they wanted it to always be able to move. Like even after they're all gone, they wanted the Grateful Dead to still be going. Oh, and it will, and it will, and it'll just be called Dead and Company. Who's and, who is dead from it other than Jerry Garcia? Is he the only one who's gone? Well, Pigpen. Pigpen's but gone. he died like a couple decades ago. Oh, okay. He died when they were still kind of like, you know, going. But he unfortunately had, you know, a huge drinking, uh, you know, he had a huge drinking problem. And Were they all into, did they all have a substance vice? Sure. All drinkers? Um, <laughs> Drinker well, sounds like such a square way of putting it. Right. I mean, <laughs> I'm they sure they all drinkers? drank. But I know Jerry's uh, really thing that took him down was the heroin, mm. or the opiates. Um, and But they were also non-stop i mean i can't you know it's just so grew like the touring they would do was insanity 
Um, but yeah, but how many shows? Some a year, of them, you some think? of them like to get sped up. Some of them like to trip out, and you know, I'm sure they all like to booze it a little bit. And they're all on the same wavelength. Oh yeah, because like, they all kind of tr- started with that, you know, the the acid test, and they all kind of were on board with that. And I mean, they all kind of just lost themselves into that in the moment, right? Yeah. And this was like before all the propaganda about how bad psychedelics are for you too. Nixon, yeah. 70s. And so um, they're on like the forefront of all that. And you know those little golden bears, you know those little dancing bears. In what the, context? Uh, like and the uh, drawings. That you always see associated with a Grateful Dead artwork. Oh yeah, yeah, like the, the yellow little, bear with the, the rainbow bear, background. The red, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, well, that bear is, I guess, a um, it's just a representation of this one guy who like was like their sound engineer, who was also the guy who like engineered the LSD, that, like for the acid test at the forefront of it all. I, Augustus, uh, oh gosh. Anyway, is it the I autistic just, guy who they did a documentary about? The two guys that made like the what was it orange, uh, orange sunshine. I, <laughs> I didn't see that documentary. I'm not familiar with. It. I'm, I just reckon I'm, people have to watch the documentary because like there's so much information because it's like four and a half hours of it's like six episodes, and it's really there's so much information. You realize like oh the Grateful Dead are the greatest American rock band of all time. Yeah, because of the influence they've had on everything and and so many people. It's not even close. I still want to. I need to watch that because I I'm a big fan of like them but not of i haven't listened to pretty much any of the music or been to a show or know much about them but from far away i'm a fan of just you know what they did like how did you get that see i was a fan of theirs when i was like as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. In middle school, which is weird. How did you discover it? I have no idea. I don't remember. They found you. They found me. <laughs> and I was a huge fan in middle school. I remember when I was in fifth grade, I had a surprise birthday party. And after I got over like the initial like shock and fear of being surprised, because you'd feel betrayed. <laughs> yeah, because they are lying to you. You feel it's betrayed by lie. everyone you've, you know. <laughs> you feel like everyone you know has lied to you and you'll never trust again. They but other have. than that, surprise birthday parties are great. 
Um, I got like a Grateful Dead poster. I got a Grateful Dead album. Like it was known that I liked the Grateful Dead as like a, an 11, 12 year old. That's which, so funny. Which is so weird. But, um, but it, it wasn't live albums. I'm getting like studio albums. You know what I mean? Um, but then like I kind of went away from them for a while in the last like 10, 15 years. And then like recent, and then I saw them last summer. I did see him in 1994 before Jerry died. And uh, we never even made it into the show because we had so much fun in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> it was bonkers. And you had tickets and everything? We didn't have tickets, but we were just going to buy them there. Do they, are they a band that keeps their tickets super cheap the whole time? Or um, I don't know. Have they fought Ticketmaster and all those assholes? I don't... Because Ticketmaster really didn't... Wasn't really a thing till what, like the 80s probably? Oh, maybe even after that. I don't know. Or even the 90s. Yeah, I'm not real sure of the history, but... Um, I mean, some tickets were expensive, yeah. I mean, but they were playing these huge places, and which they weren't huge fans of. They didn't like that necessarily, of playing like the stadiums. Like when they were doing stadiums, they didn't really like that because um, they felt like disconnected. Yeah, but you need a you need like some like Queen. That's a great band to play in an arena because it's about you it's know stadium rock. Yeah, exactly. Like that that would suck in a garage. It wouldn't suck, but you want to see Freddie Mercury in front a of hundred thousand people, like. <laughs> Like it's a living room. Like that's the cool dynamic. But Grateful Dead for the unity thing, you don't want to be in an arena. Yeah, no, you want to be. Yeah, you want to be, be outside. You want to be outside. And like the show I went to in '94, it was it's it's famously known by Deadheads as the Rain Show, because like some like real hardcore rain happened that day, and then they opened with this song Rain, <laughs> um, because of after like a short rain delay. But um, yeah, they're just epic, and they would play for hours. Any you opening know, act? They'd always do two Or like sets. Funkadelic where there's no opening act. I think the opening act that night was Traffic. The band? Yeah, the band oh. Traffic. And uh, Steve Winwood's band. Okay. Um, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, so when it comes to like this, I mean, basically kind of what we're talking about here is like the ability for art to create some kind of community and environment. And like the Grateful Dead definitely had their own thing like where it was, you know, deadheads and all those kinds of things but there's nothing nefarious about it It was all about like kind of love and uh in this community right and so nowadays we live in like the hyper like the hyper commercial world of art yeah everything you like people will tell us they people have been trying to tell us for years now like you're a brand what's your brand (laughs) right people are you know suits you know the managers the agents not all of them um, I think we know one specifically that's not like this, um, where they just want you to like, what is your brand? You need to be putting your brand out yeah. there. What is your brand? I like, kind of crave how, that a little bit. Like it goes back to the, um, it's, it's the, it's the other side of it. Like I was saying before, like I secretly crave for my, to make so much money that I end up losing the connection to what I'm doing. I don't actually want to lose the connection. Let's but make a deal right now. <laughs> Can we make a deal? Yeah. We'll make a deal right now that when I realize that's happened to you... You'll tell me. I'll tell you. Oh, please tell me. Okay. I won't be like, oh, you can't tell me. Oh, but... Oh, no. Here's where it stems from. When when people say... Because I've embraced the whole brand thing. If you look at any of my social media or anything, I don't have even a picture of my face. I have a picture of the rainbow brain skull. So that's like my... You know, Prince had the love symbol. Frank Zappa had barking pumpkin records. Like a little thing representing 
you rather it's your game piece it's not a picture of my face because then it's if i put a picture of my face then six months from now i don't look like that maybe oh i have to update that i don't want to keep updating my my face whatever this is my online representation of the me and when when i hear you know suit say like we need to grow your brand it's like i'm almost craving like i want someone in a suit to actually point the way a little bit more business-wise because I'm I'm such an idiot business-wise. I make such stupid decisions and I don't know how to, you know, mitigate that risk and how much do I charge for this thing? Like, like, we might've talked about this before, but the value of, let's say, our comedy, sometimes we get paid nothing. Sometimes we get paid thousands of dollars. Sometimes we get paid $50. What's it worth? Like, it's so weird to to figure out what to charge for stuff. It's hard to know what you're worth in that way. Yeah. But here's the difference between you and a brand. If I may. Oh, please. If I may. Oh, no, you you may all of it. Um you aren't Here's the 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 big this is a big difference. Okay. You're not like someone who's like I need to get rich. I'll be a brand. <laughs> right? Oh, you're an no. artist who has figured out your brand. We can call it that, right? Even though that word now suddenly is losing all meaning to me because we've said it so much. But but brand, like just look at it like a cow. It's just a symbol that you put yes. on a thing so that people can distinguish it from the other things. Like whatever, it's symbol. But you didn't start out as a kid like someday I'm going to grow up and I'm going to be a brand. No, you didn't. That's not Never. what. That's not where you launched from. What you launched from is making quality stuff, like quality art. Makes people think. Makes people feel good. Um, you know, whether it's comedy, music, art, you do all of this stuff, uh, animation. And now it's like, well, how can we, how can I pool all this together so people know it's mine or that I'm the one creating this? And that's where your quote unquote brand comes in, as opposed to, you know what? I bet I could get rich in the entertainment world by being a brand. Yeah, inside out versus the most, outside in. Appeal to the most people possible with just hollow, hollow content. Stuff that doesn't mean anything because it's not, I mean, you and I are on the same side of like trying to bring positivity in the entertainment world and it's not everybody's into that, especially in comedy. Everyone's like, oh, no one wants to hear a a, a comedian talk about how great his life is or her life is. It's like, well, well, how do you know? Yeah. If it's funny, they do. So, um, it's, so it's in the same way, but like when, when it comes to that journey for you, I mean. I don't know. I don't get the sense that like you had some kind of great transformation that you were some like really dark demon angel when you were younger, like <laughs> spitting vile on stage. And then no. one day you had an awakening. Um, I mean, that's kind of more. I mean, no, it's a slow thing. Yeah. So like mine was a little more like when I was younger in comedy, I was very dark and very angry and all that kind of stuff. And I kind of had a transformation. What does that look like? Dark, angry, like early like, Mark Maron yeah, or what? Well, my, one of my first bits that I loved that was a closer that I thought was a closer was it was me telling a story about how I tried to sell my soul to the devil, which is a true story um, to prove that God existed. Right. I was like, you know what? No one does that. Everyone challenges God. That's pretty hacky. But what people don't do is sell their soul to the devil. Once the devil shows up, then you know that God's real because the devil wouldn't be real if God wasn't. So you kind of trick the devil into showing up so you can prove to yourself that God exists. Yeah, and if God is all and, loving, then... And, and, and then the devil is so cocky and like the epitome, you know, pure conceit, right? That he thinks like, oh, he thinks he's going to trick me? Wait till I show up with all this shit that he wants. He won't be able to resist, right? 
So even though the devil knows I'm trying to trick him, he'll still show up because he thinks he's irresistible. And so, boom, I had to figure it out. <laughs> and so the bit was, and when he showed up, I would like, I'd skull fuck him. So I'm skull fucking the devil on stage. And then like, this is pretty lewd, but and I'd be like, I shoot my load down his throat because I don't want you to go back to hell. I know it's a long trip back to hell and I don't want you to have an empty stomach. <laughs> that was the punchline. It's like Duke Nukem. <laughs> Just graphic, like sexual, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know. So it was like, that was like. Basement of someone. Yeah, so that was like my. That was like one of my like my first like wow this is great. <laughs> How what kind of response would that get? Um, it would depend. I mean, would it kill it, sometimes? Sometimes, yes. Because obviously, unless you were crazy at the moment, like you wouldn't have done it. Like, oftentimes our our bombs, like the audience that when they see it bomb, they're like, no, no, you, you we're trying to say well, you don't understand. It it worked like these eight other times I tried it. I don't know what I did wrong or if those were flukes, but trust me, I wouldn't have just laid that out on you so confidently if I wasn't thinking that it was going to work. Yeah, it was, it would work sometimes for sure. But then, you know, I mean, it was probably 50, 50 on that one. I mean, that's pretty extreme. Yeah. I don't, I don't like like those, but it also had like a great, uh, in my opinion at the time, I had a great like message like, Hey, this is a pro God joke. (laughs) I'm skull fucking the devil and I'm sending them back to hell. Cause I don't like, cause we don't like the devil. Right. Uh -uh. You know? So like that was the, that was like my point of view. Like you're missing the point, man. I'm trying, I'm, I'm putting the devil in his place. Yeah. I'm being super evil at evil. So it's not evil. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so for you, it seems to be like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, you've got, you've got this like vibe about you that is positive that filters into all of the work you do. Thank you. Where does that start from? Uh, from hopefully, or not hopefully, I'll just, I'll say it. I think it starts from how we're all fractals of the one true source energy. And if you can clear up those blockages and I mean, that's a weird way of putting it, but it's, it's a way of putting it and let that actual thing that you want to make come out and it gets refined. It's like that Ira Glass quote where, you know, how we have when when you start out, you might suck, but what you have is good taste. And it's about refining that taste, whether it's in the visual, like you make something, it looks kind of what you want, but not there yet. You refine a little more. You keep doing that every day. And then years later, you'll notice a big improvement or with sound or with uh, your writing, you get to be a better writer. But it, it comes from, I don't know, there's no, there's no one place it comes from. Or maybe it... Maybe it does, but how would you define where the original place something came from? Came well, from? I don't. I, I I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't pretend to really know that, other than whatever we consider to be. But you get downloads from the universe, like you just get an idea that wasn't. It, you didn't have to write it down piece by piece. You get a large idea just all of a sudden downloaded into you. That's a weird thing. There's. Let's talk about that. Yeah. The. Because I do kind of want to go back to like your original statement about the fractal and all that kind of stuff to like maybe break that down a little bit for people who might be confused by it. But before, and maybe we'll get back to it, maybe we won't. You've probably talked about fractals and sacred geometry a lot on this uh, this pod, right? Um, a little bit, yeah. I mean, it's it's a little bit beyond my scope of really having a grip on it. Um, I've got a book called Sacred Geometry that my buddy Kevin Jones got for me, and I still haven't had a chance to read it yet. Um, so I can try to better understand these things because sacred geometry is fascinating to me when it in like in the aspects of, you know, alchemy and, 
you know, the in Freemasonry and, you know, Rosicrucianism and all these different things and just the universe itself. Have um, you seen the um the comparison of modern logos to to, you know, those secret society symbols such as Freemasonry, that that apron thing is the same as Gmail's logo and the the compass tool that like upside down V is the same as Another thing in Apple's, basically, like someone made those connections of, or yeah. Google Chrome's logo. There are all these ancient symbols that are reappearing as modern. Sure. And a lot of ancient esoteric symbology has been popularized for like commercial. Like there's even Taco Bell talking about, even Taco Bell's using like the Illuminati in their commercials now, if you've noticed. Oh, like, I haven't. Like the taste of not, like the taste Illuminati. Like it's like, it's like all a joke. Yeah. Like, hiding in plain sight. It's all like, that's the one thing about advertising. It seems maybe Bill Hicks was right. That it's all evil? That it's all just pure evil. And it's like it doesn't matter what beautiful thing or pure thing or wonderful thing of love is. Advertising capitalism, I guess, will take it and just be like, I, how am I going to milk this for money somehow? I don't uh-huh. give a shit about its message. Like we were talking about with the Walmart Target thing with like these great, like, you know, nuggets of wisdom from, from thousands of years. Um, it'll just take everything and bastardize it. I mean, we've seen so many commercials and ad agencies. Those, those places to me are like, that's the pit of hell. Like the, the, an ad agency. Because, you know, you know they've got people in comedy clubs hanging out. How many times have you seen a commercial and you're like, oh, that's so-and-so's act. Yeah, well, that's a bit from, and like, it's getting closer and closer together. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, you can see on these like eight on those AT and T commercials uh, with the one gal, and like the guy would come in. It's like, oh, they're doing a Brian Regan bit. Yeah, that's a famous Brian Regan bit. Like, let's not pretend like, but I didn't. They don't care. There's no like, you're a hack. You know, you stole that. There's no way to like really enforce that. Because once they do it, it's already is hack, and they're not afraid of being hack. No hack. You know, I used to get really mad at commercials at hack, and like, why do people love hack jokes so much? It's like, and this is without trying to be mean about it or condescending, but people love hack jokes because they live hack lives, and that's not to mean like everyone's a hack. But like in a negative way, but, you know, people have kids. Yeah. And we need the hack because in order to be the cutting edge, there needs to be that part of the act that is not the cutting edge that has the weight behind it. That's very blunt and not cutting edge to to hack the stuff. And you need you need that for the cutting edge to be that unless I don't know, you could use the machete metaphor and then it's all kind of evenly distributed. But (laughs) whatever, for the axe metaphor, you need that that blunt part. And yeah, we hate it when we see it and we hate it when it gets more attention. And the problem, too, is like how precious we can hold things. Yeah, because we're a part of we consider ourselves a part of it because we've attached our ego to it, our identity. Like I'm, a, I'm in comedy. I'm a part of this thing. It's beautiful. It's it's pristine. It needs to be held to high standards. These people aren't holding it to high standards. <laughs> they're not holding me in a high standard. Like they're devaluing me now. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's like that's the idea. And it's like, wait, well, hey, man. Like the Four Agreements. What a great book. I just did the audio book of the Four Agreements. What's Four Agreements? It's uh, by this guy Don Miguel Ruiz, I believe, and it's like this old Toltec wisdom. And 
it's like these four agreements. The, the premise is that we've all, since we were born, have been taught all these agreements that we have to live our life by. They're like things that we've just agreed to that are the way life should be or what the way the life is. And the four are new agreements that will change your whole life. If you, if you make these four new agreements, your life will change and become better. What are the four old? No, there's, there's thousands of old ones. Oh, so there's thousands of old that we're trying to replace with four new? With four new What ones. are the four new? Well, spoiler alert, if you've never read the book. Okay, yeah, fast forward a minute <laughs> if you don't want to. Like, I'm fine with it because I like to read books out of order, especially sure. help, self-help books. Like, just um, flip to a random page. I just, and this one's short book because it's like a four and a half hour audio book or something. Like I took two walks at night around Glendale and I finished the book. Nice. Um, the first one is be impeccable with your word. So everything you say, it's... That's in the Jordan Peterson one too. Be, is it? be precise in your, in your, you know, your speech. Oh, who's Jordan Peterson? What, well, what, what, he's what, a Canadian uh, professor with a high voice who oh, okay. talks... He's got a, he's got a book called... Uh, 10 Rules for Life. He's a big fan of Carl Jung and Joseph Campbell and uses oh, okay. a lot of like myth to tie in uh, morality and not in a like, you know, Christian way really so much. Although he does bring up things in the Bible. I'm trying to describe him, but basically he's one of those uh, personal responsibility guys like, you know, clean up your room, stand up straight with your shoulder back, be precise in your speech. Um, He's gotten... So it's think, like live your life with purpose. Yeah, but I think he came... He's just a professor at the University of Toronto or something, but he came into notoriety because he was opposing a bill in Canada which made it illegal to call someone by a pronoun they didn't want to be called, and there's like 70 pronouns, like he, him, sir, sure, like all, all those different ones, and it was going to be made illegal to to do that and then he spoke out against it which m labeled him as alt-right or something and people got really mad at him and uh but he's a clinical psychologist and has all this mountain of evidence so he's like coming all from that angle and then people think that he's just not compassionate but yeah i just brought him up because the that rule of be impeccable in your speech is also part of his rap which uh I don't know. He's got billions of videos, whatever. If people haven't heard of That's him, that's pretty can, interesting, though. The idea is controversial, yeah. I guess, though. Because, I mean, I mean, the people, the argument there is like, well, now someone can say you called them by the pronoun they didn't want out of malice because they've got like a, I don't know, a, an axe to grind against you when in fact you didn't or didn't mean to or or whatever i don't know it, it's very precise it, it's like very special these are like very specialized things we're getting into nowadays the pronoun thing yeah um yeah cuz you do want to be you do want to have compassion but also i guess his stance also is like the right goes too far but also the left can the authoritarian left can be bad too if it's all about yeah. control of this one group of people even if they are coming all from the heart it's not isn't that the ultimate lesson? The left comes too much from the heart and then the right comes too much from the head and like, you know, pull yourself up from your bootstraps. There is no white privilege. Blah, blah, blah. It's all just hard work. And then the other side is like, no, you got to give everything to everyone and be kind to everyone at every moment, no matter what, even if they're zero years old, you got to let them be themselves. And then, yeah, I don't know. I don't... It gets don't, very tricky. But like that is interesting because, I mean, that definitely like be precise in what you say definitely stems from like an ancient it's an ancient idea that this guy um is writing from the toltecs so it's not like not he you know it's like he didn't come up with all this stuff um 
So it's been around for like, you know, thousands of years. Yeah. And so, neither did Jordan Peterson, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. Those are just kind of common things. Yeah. yeah of course, you should things, clean yeah. your room and put your shoulders back. But so one of his you were saying is... Uh, be speak, impeccable with your word. Be impeccable with because, your word. Because um, your word can be either poison or it can be, you know, like water to help something grow. Yeah. Same with would thoughts count as your word? Because yeah, that's sure. the word to yourself. And it's so interesting because this book really resonated with me um, after recording uh, this this last album because like a lot of like like thematically a lot of it was coming up hey alex stone's in the house uh, <laughs> always trying to be quiet even though you can't hear him at all on these mics <laughs> unless i bring him up that he's in here uh but uh say hi to everybody alex hi everybody so it's um, alex stone someone actually just this place someone just emailed me about uh an interview i did with alex about this guy what was his name five, five. I actually got a tweet, uh, from his name is the number five Short for five. Get over here. Get a little closer. Five goes west. Sorry, uh, I met him just to catch you up when my car broke down in Toledo, uh, and he was just working at the garage. And he was just this, this old man with like this long white beard and like these deep wrinkles in his face. And he told me that his, his name was Five, the number Five, uh, and he was just this wise guy that like just got rid of all anxiety that I had and told me that he lived in his car and just drove around the country and uh, was just like this incredible presence. Uh, and then passed away, and it was like this very long story, but someone just emailed or tweeted at me and said, because I thought that he was uh, so kind and doing the things I did, because he also would drive around the country and just give $5 bills to people. All he <laughs> wanted in exchange was them to sign his car. And someone, I thought that it was maybe he was atoning for something in his past, and uh, they said, their, this person's theory was that um, he... Uh, was like formerly a corporate guy and was just rebuking that lifestyle and getting as far away and trying to give back to humanity. And I like that better than... The, I like uh, that a lot better. The atonement. Yeah, yeah like Wouldn't that, that be yeah. one and the same? He's just atoning for the sins of being in that environment. Suppose, yeah. yeah. That's cool. Yeah, How that's did you find out he passed away? Uh, a friend of his... I'm sorry to just like hijack this. No, this uh, is good content. All I did was come home from the grocery store. Uh, he, A friend of his emailed me and said that I had made an impact in his life. Because I was like, wherever I am in the country, any comedy club, you have a ticket waiting for the door. And he called in that favor immediately, like <laughs> the next week. And uh, his friend emailed me and was like, he thought you were so kind and you made an impact in his life. And I was blown away because I felt that I was the one that had benefited from that relationship. And so just, yeah, a friend of his, in answer to your question, a friend of his just emailed me. Right know. on. Mutually beneficial. Yeah, yeah. We help each yeah, other. That's awesome. And like, it's one of these like mystical, you know, characters that is it's a real person in life. Yeah. That you, that you wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it kind of ties in, not to like force a tie here, but like talking about the four agreements, like talking about someone who like has chosen to live their life now, like they've broken free from all the old agreements that we are raised to believe, right? Um, about like what we're supposed to be, what our responsibilities are. And things like that. And so it's like, what is it? Um, I hope I can remember all four actually being put on the spot. Be impeccable with your word. Um, Isn't that funny? We can't remember four yet. We can remember like someone's, well, not any more phone number, but it's only four yet. It's like, what were those four important agreements? It's uh, be impeccable with your word. Um, And it's uh, always do your best. Okay. Um, Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
Chumba. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, I'm skipping one. Um, be impeccable with your word. Always do your best. Don't make assumptions. And, oh, shit, I'm, I'm forgetting one of them. Um, I always forget. It's like I, I forgot don't make assumptions. That's the last one. But then I couldn't remember that one, but I remembered the other three. And so now it's like switched. Yeah. Now I remember those three. I could look it up real quick, but I'm not going to. It'll come to me later maybe. Um, but anyway, there, and there's, I guess, The Fifth Agreement. He put out another book, um, which is Don't Be Skeptical. I haven't read that book. Or no, it says be skeptical of uh, whatever you hear. How would how wouldn't that be the same as don't make assumptions? Well, I think uh, the difference is when you make an assumption, it's like I don't know you. I I see you standing a certain way. I'm like, oh, this guy's gonna. This is now I'm making assumptions about who you are and what you're doing. Uh, be skeptical of everything you hear. Is we're talking, you're giving me information. Oh, okay. I, one is, I shouldn't just be believing it blindly. One's output related, one's input related. So skepticism is like input is coming into me and it's like, I don't know about this. Assumption is like, uh, well, I guess it's still in and out. No, I can see the distinction, I guess. But what's the problem uh, I have with the second one, not philosophically, like personally, uh, <laughs> like always do your best. What about those moments where you're just tired? Well, no, he always... says, he, no, they talk, he talks about that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. It's like there's times you're going to be depleted, but always do the best with what you've got. Yeah. Um, I try to always remind myself and I guess others too. It's just either actually be resting or actually be doing that thing that you want to be doing, that in-between areas where it sucks. There's no problem with sleep or even sitting still and closing your eyes and just focusing on your breath and not being productive. That counts as good boy behavior or actually write the thing or do the work you want. It's this in-between social media state of just, of, you know, limbo purgatory that we end up in that sucks. Yeah. The, it is... You know, and social media has changed everything. I yeah, think. so quickly and, too. So quickly, and uh, I've it came I had out to look of nowhere. I had to decade. look it up. I had to look it up because, and this is the big one for me. Okay. And this is the one that I use the most so far <laughs> that I've been able to try to incorporate the most. Don't take things personally. Yeah. So it's be impeccable with your word. Don't take things personally. Always do your best, and don't make assumptions. And, um. There's a section in there about confronting the angel of death that like I loved too, just because of the dramatic tone of it. But um, is it quick or is it something we should just read later? It's it's something you should read later. Okay. Um, or the audio book is uh, what's his name? Peter Coyote does the audio book. Okay, I don't know who um, that is. I know you'd Peter rec- and the Wolf. You'd recognize the voice um, uh, if once you heard it. Um, but the. Uh, yeah, but it's just an interesting way to like try to like reexamine 
because it all makes sense. I mean, we all know it all makes sense. Like we all, but but yet we. Everyone always talks about how it's like let's you know not everyone but a lot of people are like it's too late to change the system we've got. I mean, you can't overhaul this system. Everything's so tied in deeply, and you know it's already happening. Yeah, but it's like yeah, no, we can we can change the system. Um, it doesn't have to be. You know, the don't take p- things personally is really critical for me because when we take things personally, like we were talking about earlier, like being precious, feeling precious about comedy, when we feel people are dis- devaluing it, that's because we're taking it personally. Yeah. Um, and so to like move away from that is is really important to like not get angry when you're having a conversation with someone who believes differently than you. It's so important yeah. to, to not get your your emotions in the way too. not to be a robot, but a little bit. Yeah. Have you noticed that if you, if you stick to your point and where you're coming from, not in a way that you're trying to be right, because if you, if you're all you're trying to do is be right, then you lose if you're right, because then you've defeated that person. And then you're, you're then just with, especially if it's someone you live with or a friend, then you're, you're living with a defeated person that you've just tried to oppress. You, you the goal is to not want to be right and actually come together and understand each other. Like why am I saying this? Why do I think this way? Why do you feel that way? And uh yeah, the the personal is when you just get upset at it and you're just trying to defend your your you cuz we're dying all the time. It's like when you said with your surprise party, the part of you that <laughs> believed that no those people would never lie to you. It's like the world might lie to me, but this specific group of people would never lie to me. It's like guess what? All of them are lying to you and you're only 5 or 8 years old or whatever you yeah, were. Yeah, yeah. So the death of that version of you or I don't know, there's so many deaths that we experience throughout. It is interesting to think about like these the a, mil- a life of a million deaths. Yeah. You know? Um and hopefully it's a million more, you know, if we're lucky. But w- so when did the like the art path and like this esoteric, was it always, were you always living in this esoteric space? Yeah. Ever I've since- always thought about death from as long as I can remember and like existence always didn't make sense to me. Why is there stuff? Uh, I wasn't brought up with any formal religion. I had science. <laughs> why parents. is there stuff? I love that. Why, yeah. Why is there stuff? What's maintaining it? Like we know that that needs power to like that lamp needs power and it's coming from a plant somewhere and it's, it's, uh, taking what's well, using hydroelectric, uh, whatever. I'm like, look up how nuclear power. I'm plant just works now realizing like the, uh, I'm just, how am I just now realizing power plant? <laughs> like how the word plant in the word power a part of the word power plant, like, People are like, oh, yeah, we, we use plant-based energy. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's from a power plant. Yeah, coal plant uh, electric. Yeah, yeah. Like, we took the word plant and, like, almost stripped it of its, like, original value or, yeah. or meaning, not value necessarily. But, yeah, that's it. Okay, that's interesting. Sorry, when you said it that way, I was just like, I've never thought of it. <laughs> Isn't that interesting how many things are in plain sight like that? Like, another one that hit me was disease like when people are trying to describe a disease like well is it a disease or not it's like well when you break down the word does it put you at dis-ease then yeah it's a disease it's not necessarily caused by a little microbe because alcoholism isn't a microbe it's but it's still classified as a dis-ease so anything that puts you at dis-ease we can classify as as that but it always bothered me going back to the i guess power plant then where does that get its energy from and we might have talked about this on I don't know, somewhere. Where does it get its energy from? But the 
and we we look when we look at things under a microscope nothing is there's no such thing as a particle when you look at any particle it's made of component parts which are made of component parts which are made of component parts which are and it it goes on seemingly forever like pi is forever so where does where does anything come from that always bothered me that that part of existence so i guess that's where the esoteric roots are and when you start digging deep into that question you eventually find yourself at meditation chakras crystals uh vacuum energy you end up it just finds its way there eventually you don't kind of set out i always did like crystals so i thought they looked cool but yeah yeah you you start to learn about what is a crystal oh it's just when the the atoms are arranged in a you know certain formation like the most highly organized way they can be and then uh they resonate space time outwards and everything has a frequency and uh yeah, I guess I never never stopped since then, but I'm trying to pick It is interesting, too, to think about. I guess, like, the way you describe this makes me feel like an esoteric path is just one who realizes you can always still say why. Yeah. There's never, never the answer. Like, the, the, whatever answer you get will always lead to the next question. And once you realize and can be comfortable and see them, that might be the problem with the human mind the way it is now for a lot of us is that we want the, we want two plus two equals four. I want the four. You know what I mean? I want the end, end of discussion. I have the answer. I understand. <sighs> yeah. Right? Now there's ease. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I mean, you might even say like being on an esoteric path could be like the disease of the mind because you like you once you realize that there's always another question that leads to another question that leads to another question. Isn't that what the tree of uh, knowledge is like? There's the tree of life and the tree of knowledge and the tree of life is basically being in flow and the tree of knowledge is is breaking away from the whole. You are then in division, in division. So you are an individual. You are a division. In you're a, a thing in division from the whole, so you're uh, in in going down that path. You feel like you're disconnected from everything, and that's not like it's. I mean, it's a metaphor. It's not like you ate the apple and then thousands of years of that. It's it's happening in this moment right now, and it's an interesting place because you can't just well. Then I'm going to just fi- blindly be in the flow and just go out into traffic and not get hit by cars because I'm in the flow. Maybe, maybe if you go all in, but I don't think it works out like that because your mind isn't isn't trained enough. But it, I, I think there are. I haven't even read all the religious texts in their entirety, but it's interesting seeing those metaphors pop up. Like, and if you didn't look at it from such a stern standpoint and looked at it to how can I apply this to this exact moment? Where am I seeing a pattern between? This garden. Yeah, and you're a pattern story. guy, and, and yeah. you're a pattern guy. You like that, like talking about like interfacing with like the world around us, and and Joseph Campbell talks a lot about you know you know obviously the mythology of the different religions, and like what are the lessons there, and wh- what is the symbology and the imagery, and and why are they always occurring in different civilizations. At yeah. you know similar times with no connection to one another, and he only had one lesson, didn't he? Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the only lesson is, or the only story is the story, or any good story, I guess, is the sacrifice of the individual for the whole, because the individual recognizes that it 
is the whole. It is one and the same of the whole. So, so like the goes, hero's journey. Yeah. And and then like coming back, like going on this trip to find that out and then coming back to share it, which yeah. is a key component. And of you it. had to be in division to find that out. You couldn't have started like that. You need to, to appreciate the wholeness. You need to be in division and leave it and see what it's like. And then when you come back to that whole, then that's what makes it good. It's that that dynamic, that inverse and inward flow, the toroidal model of it going down forever, like the Earth's magnetic field or in uh, the vacuum energy model. I know it's, uh, this is a recent term of the last year that's come up a lot. Like instead of woo-woo, now it's uh, called bro science because they're using some science in it a little bit. Have you heard bro science I have a lot? not heard bro I science. Think, I think uh, like, let's say Joe Rogan is bro science. Even if he's saying the actual stuff correctly, it's still, oh, well, okay. you're not getting all of it right. That's not exactly how the double slit experiment works. You see it's blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, you get the point though. It's, we're just trying to say it's all all one. I know I don't have a degree or anything, but yeah. But at the same point, you know, the scientific world, those who go like too far, like when it becomes dogmatic for them. Yeah, dogma dogma on either side, the bro science or the stern, like throwing out a, any data point is not um, a full model of what it is because you've thrown out that data point. Yeah, and there's there's something to be said about reconnecting with our intuition. Yeah, we're so disconnected from I it. believe that we have... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I mean, I do believe that if you are able to access it, you have all the answers you will ever need inside of your own consciousness. It's true. And so to have someone... Do you know why that is? It, I mean, part of me believes in the global consciousness. But why it's, why it's inside of you. Or when I say inside of me too, I almost don't even think that's the right word. Inside. I think it is. I think it is though. You think inside is the because, right word? Because, and here's why I think it is, because you're, you're made of stuff that the whole thing is made of. And in like at the very, um, at the very smallest scale, it's being like shown... Oh man, see now I'm getting into the bro science of it again. But, we get into but, like holographic universe. Yeah, kind of stuff. exactly. Like the smallest thing reflects the information of the whole thing. So if you zoom in far enough into your you know meditative state thing, that's why people can remote view and access stuff in the past and future and things like that. It, it literally is in your in the stuff you're made of because you're made of the same stuff that the big thing is made of. So why wouldn't it? Why would the answers be outside of you? They're also in you. But you got to train yourself. I'm see, not even there. I can't see into the future. I suck. I don't even know if I'm thirsty or hungry. <laughs> like, that's how not in tune with my thing is. That's just the, you know, it's yeah, more I mean, fun to believe. I'm, it definitely is. And I'm, I'm there with you on the holographic thing. I love that. It resonates with me for whatever reason. And, you know, I can't sit here and, and lay out a bunch of scientific reports from, like, you know, Nature Journal or whatever. But what um, we could do is just, like, 
it's all already there on YouTube with with the sources cited. This isn't even some crazy guy at an alien conference. This is like lectures at Stanford. The actual, uh, I forget the guy's name, but it's not even one of the woo-woo guys. It's the guy kind of reluctantly admitting like, well, there really is no difference between a black hole and a particle. It's just kind of semantics. Like we just kind of use that word for the big one and we use this word for the small one. But in terms of their their actual behavior, a particle and a black hole are the, the same thing. It's all just made of infinitely dense points of energy. The whole thing is. It's really crazy. Yeah. The idea that we're on this quest for answers and we want to know everything. And every question that gets answered leads to a whole new set of questions now that other scientists a generation later will devote a life to trying to figure out through equations of mathematics, um, which I'll never fully understand, at least, you know, cognitively and like this, like physical experience that I'm, I'm having as a person. Because I just don't have the time to dedicate to to learn these mathematics. Who knows things. though? Twenty years from now, yeah. it could be Matrix style, where it's I know kung I just, fu. It, it's all downloaded. I know into quantum me. physics. I know. Because we were talking about that earlier about having something downloaded, like a big chunk downloaded. Yeah, and our we, brains are receivers yeah. now. They're not containers. They used to have to be containers, and now it's like this last decade. The brain is. It's much more better to have it as a receiver than as a. Like, how much do we memorize? Not much anymore. But to be able to know where to get that and information. And some people will say that it, it makes us less intelligent, depending on how you measure intelligence. Exactly. So if you reframe that, I mean, the idea that... I forget. What's the number? Do you remember the number of names you're allowed to remember? Not allowed uh, to remember. Dunbar's number. It's like 200 or something. 200. And it's... And this is something that I have a hang-up about. Um, and it bothers me to a certain degree. I try not to let it. Because we, when we travel around so much to all these different cities and we meet all these different... I mean, I know 200 comedians, let alone 200 other people, like family, friends outside of comedy. So now when I, I go to cities, there are people that I know. I know them. And I don't remember their name. Yeah. Because maybe it's because it's Dunbar's number thing or maybe it's because I see them once or twice a year. Um, or every 16 months. Um, so now like, and I feel less than when I can't remember their name. And, they're right in front and of there's you. also so many different ways of knowing people now. Now I don't know someone's name, but I know their Instagram handle. Yeah. Right? So it's just them by a different name. Uh, and now I know their avatar. I know who their avatar is. Yeah, there's people like that. We right? don't even know their face, but we know them exactly. on our... Man. So I, I feel bad about that. But like, so when it comes to... Because I remember also growing up hearing stories of George Steinbrenner, who is no longer alive, former owner of the New York, York Yankees, Yankees. I watched was, Seinfeld. He was, he was revered as the, like one of the smartest guys. And for one reason that I'm aware of, it's because he never forgot anybody's name. Oh, that's right? it. So this is, this is like one of the things, right, that I've always equated with like intelligence. So, so now knowing how bad I am at it <laughs> makes me feel so dumb because it's like I have an Uncle Tim. He's up in Rochester, New York. He's a New York guy. He's a Yankees guy. Let's talk about the Yankees. Hey, you want to talk about the, every family reunion? It's, hey, let's talk about them Yankees. So he loves the Yankees. Loves the Yankees. He met George Steinbrenner years ago. And then 
I think it was, I mean, who knows? It was at least a couple, if not five, seven years later, he saw him again. George Steinerbrenner walked up to him, remembered his name. Damn. And like, this story is legendary in my family. At least I thought it was. Who knows? Everybody else in my family would be like, what are you talking about? But to me, it resonated like, and you know what? And that's why George Steinbrenner, you know, that's why he was so successful. One of the smartest guys you'll ever know. He remembered my name. I'm just a guy from Rochester who's a fan. He remembered my name after years. Yeah. I only met him once for like a few minutes. That makes he sense. He remembered my name. And it's like, when you remember somebody's name, especially after years of not seeing them, it does make it makes me feel special if someone remembers my name. So like but that's like the container. That's having a really good container as opposed to being maybe I'm better suited as a receiver. Yeah. Right? Um and there's all this paranormal stuff that we talk about and you know like sacred geometry. I used to know a lot more about sacred geometry maybe 2 years ago than I do now. Um but now I know more about I mean who even knows? It's it's interesting our forgetting and what role it plays in enjoying this 3D reality because if we remembered everything it would be chaos and traumatic wouldn't it unless unless we had a good filing system where we could store it away and like I don't want this thought to just come up whenever but I want it to be in there so I can access it whenever I want but um you know reading books over and over again discovering old truths uh finding out an old song you hadn't listened to in a long time just What's stuff like that What's the book you've read the most I think The Music Lesson by Victor Wooten. I have it just handy. That and The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Yeah. I like those as... Uh, I got to read that again. Yeah. And you, you, it's weird how we remember a book and liking it and remembering parts of it and then telling yourself, I read it already. I get it. That one's not going to activate me. I need something else to activate me. And then you actually pick it up and you just read a page of it and you're like, I forgot how dense this was and how how much it speaks to me and how much it does change. Like It's like having a glass of water or eating when you're hungry. Sometimes those mental knowledge nugget things just can awaken you. And you can also get tired of them. Like on Reddit, there's that subreddit called Get Motivated and it's nothing but motivational videos and quotes. You could spend all day doing that and then still not do shit, but... I don't know. It's, you need you need the fuel, but you also need to use the fuel. You can't just like fill up your car with gas all day and let it drip I like out. To, I like to think of it as, I love being alive, but there's only one thing I love more than being alive, and that's feeling alive, <laughs> right? And I used to use, you know, I used to, you know, use whatever drug that speeds me up, feels me juiced, gets me juiced makes me feel alive, man, excited. And I've moved into a place now where, you know, now that I'm 42 years old, it's like I want to try to clean my body out of all that other garbage. Um, But like the right piece of literature, the right piece of music, those things can really make me feel alive. When it comes to you feeling the juice, like, you know, slash get motivated on reddit what's the go-to for you uh, do you have one go-to that will really make you feel no. like i'm i'm dialing in to no, all it, ex- it is no because it ex- uh, it changes it you you can write down the truth that you think it is i'll even do it and it's basically what i do a lot on instagram is kind of articulate that truth to myself so i can put it on my wall so that 
whether it's something like, now think a good thought instead, something like that, because I know that my mind is going to go to bad places. And if there's something that says, now think a good thought instead, it overwrites that. Or uh, um, just remember you're still a student, or I am open to money coming to me from ways I've never imagined before, just little things like that. They, they resonate with you until a couple of days later, we're like, yeah, yeah, I remember looking at that. It doesn't activate it the same way. You have to keep replenishing it and... Um, but much in the same way we were talking about the universe is this infinite thing of data points, you know, inside of data points, inside of data points. Mm-hmm. I think the good news for us here in this situation is when it comes to needing to replenish your motivation or your connection to source of creativity or inspiration or whatever it is, it's the same. I mean, everything in the universe is the same as the other stuff in the universe. Therefore, when it comes to creativity and inspiration, one could argue that it is an endless well also of variety or variations of ways to get inspired, to feel alive. Um, it, it would, by definition, if you agree to the, to the previous, it would have to be, right? Yeah. So that's, I, I, that actually makes me feel good. Yeah. I've see. never really thought of it that way. That like, cause I've always wondered like, Oh, when am I going to run out? You know, when no, am I going to run, run out? Of stuff? out. You How can't you run, run out. out. You can't run out. As long as you're always looking and asking how or why. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And, but not from a, like a negative. Like, how? Well, why? <laughs> you know, but like, hey, man, how? Or why? Have you read or The what? Law of One? Yes. So, I, well, I've, I've read um, a lot of The Law of One. Not the complete. The Law of One begins by saying, in the because be- it goes back to your thing, like, I love being alive. The only thing I love more than being alive is feeling alive. And it says, in the beginning... There is the there was the one infinite creator, and then there was the awareness of the one true creator. So it's like the the first was the being of it, and then there was the self reflection of it. Because awareness of the whole, you need division because you need the thing, and you need the other part looking back at you. And it's like the that old saying like if the voice in your head is you then who's the one listening there needs to be that feedback loop and when you look at any text or anything like that it's interesting that it's not the text that's motivating you you're looking at those symbols and then you've ascribed meaning to those symbols and then you're saying it to your head so you're the one doing it it's just a little like helper thing but ultimately it's you uh even music music is just a vibration that hits your little ear hair follicle things and then your brain is doing the math of whether you like it or not you're probably adding i've noticed this a lot with music like sometimes music i like i'm i'm adding stuff in it in my head too and i heard prince talk about uh sitting down with esperanza spalding watching the voice or something and then going over to her and being like are you rearranging the music in your head right now? And then she nods and then he goes, me too. And it gets into that thing where a lot of musicians, they're, they're doing this math in their head, which is why they like different stuff than people that are more focused on lyrics and vocals and just want a beat behind it. And if it's got something that gives you space to, 
to kind of play with in your head, you like it more. It's all so personal. You're all doing it yourself. That is interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm a lyrics guy. Yeah. There's nothing uh, wrong with lyrics too. It's, yeah, it's a I'm, good way of looking at it. I've always been uh, a lyrics guy and I have friends who are the music. They're more music guy or gal, but I'm always, I've always connected deeply with, although when it comes to a steel guitar, a steel guitar literally pulls my heart. That twang. That twang. And I don't know why, and I don't know how. Maybe I heard it when I was a kid in a great moment with like my family or something. So it like subconsciously takes me back and I don't even realize that that, that anchor is there. But I've always been a lyrics guy. I've always wanted to hear, and I loved Pearl Jam. I probably would have been a huge Pearl Jam fan if I could understand all the lyrics. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but like, <laughs> like I could probably name five. Jeremy spoke in class today, and yeah. then the rest are here. Yeah. Uh, even flow. Oh yeah, even Life flow. Or like uh, hurricane or a uh, shit. Seems I like he's the only that. one doing well from that era of uh, like. Let's see, Scott Weiland is dead. I think. Yeah, he uh, made it. They made Chris it. Chris Cornell is dead. Uh, Kurt Cobain is dead. Some other grunge guys that are dead. Yeah, I mean, well, Dave Grohl's doing great. Yeah, seems um, like he's always had the. I'm sure he deals with uh, depression or whatever else, but he definitely doesn't want to be a martyr or like identify with his depression if he does have it. Maybe he's just naturally happy all the time, but it seems like he gets a kick out of being productive and and helping people and being yeah, and nice. keep going and, and you know and, and keep on keeping on. Did you see that video of? a thousand i think swedish people all with instruments out in a field playing learn to fly as a as a way to try to get the foo fighters to come perform there no it's amazing like imagine writing a song and then a thousand people in sweden like you know 200 drummers 200 bass players 200 guitarists 200 people singing and two other people doing other percussion stuff all out in a field performing a song you made and it's not a computer generated thing it's actual a thousand humans organizing to do that that's wild that's really he lives wild. in that world he can go watch that youtube clip any day and that's probably not even the most crazy thing that's happened to him that's his every day and he's not even dead he's still walking this earth like oh what should i have for lunch today yeah um, he's still he's still bowling with buddies in eagle rock yeah uh, he lives in, in eagle Valley. rock well i don't know i Years ago, I saw him. Years ago, me and some buddies went bowling out deep in the valley on like a Friday night or something, like deep in the valley. And there was really nobody at this bowling alley. There was like literally three groups of people. It was me and my buddies, some group like to the right. We were like in the middle lane. And all the way down at the end on like lane one uh, was Dave Grohl, Jack Black, and like a couple gals. And like another guy or two. Um, but that was like a long time ago. Um, but yeah, I get the vibe from that guy that it just seems like, he, you know, on a Friday night, if he's on the road, he just wants to go bowling with his buddies. Yeah. You know, he's probably got a bowling alley in his house now. I mean, who knows? I mean, he could have back then too. I mean, with the success of Nirvana and all that stuff. But yeah, who knows um, how he rocks it and how much he's restraining himself because a lot of these super hundred of millionaire type people could probably have you know, a 20 room house, but don't want that many rooms because it's excessive and just end up getting. Yeah. Who knows? I've never gotten, you know, you don't really hear anybody talking bad about Dave Grohl. No. And I think there's probably a reason for that. Um, probably because he's, he's probably, you know, one of these guys who's grateful for everything to a certain degree and, and seems to have the fortunate 
ability to keep his head on his shoulders. And he's just a say. nerd, I think, too. He's too yeah. much of just a, a rock star nerd, like loves music. He clearly and- does. He clearly does because of the you know the the series he made for HBO. Where they go around to the different cities, Sonic like Highways, Sonic Highways. I love that, on, but like, what yeah. I didn't—and uh, this is such a snobby criticism of it—I wonder if I've already said it somewhere, and it's just going to live forever, like in my history of things that I've said, like this snobby thing. But they go to all these different cities and explore these different recording studios to get their vibe. But at the end, it all sounds—it's almost like they're good at mastering to a fault, to where it all sounds the same, but it doesn't sound like they recorded it in different. In different places. Oh, so like. But also, I liked the documentary. I love seeing okay. him go to different so it towns. All, it and all meet sounds people. like the. Uh, it was all in one recording studio. Is yeah, what but the whole point was to go to different ones and like, okay, we're in Nashville. We're gonna you know play with that vibe. More. What's the unique sound that comes from here, or like the you know unique way it sounds? Mm-hmm. I I can see what you mean there. Yeah. But I guess now in the modern age, everything. Like not necessarily in a bad way, but homogenized with the uh, the equal playing field of technology. Um, now, granted, we couldn't make the same quality thing here in my living room, but we might not get too far. Yeah, we'd get close enough to that where people listening to it on car speakers or earbuds wouldn't tell the difference. People with uh, with nice headphones might be able to point out a few discrepancies, but I, I say this all the time. Like For $100, you can have a recording studio better than anything the Beatles used. So it's about... It's about the the message. Like we get so caught up in the quality of things. Like, no, I got to save up ten thousand to record my album. Otherwise, I can't do it. It's like, no, twenty eighteen. You can do it right now. And uh, what would you rather listen? To? Like Frank Sinatra through a ten dollar microphone, or uh, Katy Perry through you know a ten thousand dollar microphone. Like, yeah, you, the, you the answer is clearly Frank Sinatra for, for most of us, probably. Yeah, or maybe you like Katy Perry more than you do the inverse. But the thing is, like, it's the we care about the the content, not so much the medium when it comes down to it. Podcasts especially. I'll listen to old Terrence McKenna lectures that are basically inaudible. Like, you have to really focus. It's got all those... Like, yeah, there's a lot of Manly P. Hall stuff out there too. That is, yeah, it's just old. That you really have to like, you have to focus your hearing to to follow along with everything to be able to pick up everything. Who are some of your guys right now? I'm like saying that Mark Maron style. Who who are your guys? <laughs> who, are your guys? <laughs> who are your guys? Like like you've pointed out, Joseph Campbell is a big one. Do you have any that you're you're listening well, to a lot now? I'll tell you this the, week. I read the. Um, Joseph Campbell, Power of Myth book, which is just like a it's so good. The transcription of the uh, you know the conversation he had with Bill Moyers, but now that is on Netflix. Netflix, and so I've watched like the first four. And he or died so. like what two months after they taped that. I, I'm not sure. Pretty closely after was they it? taped it, yeah. I which was is like, so what sad I? because the guy was like, oh man. Um, it's sad for us. Yeah, it's sad we for lost us. him, but he's he's off doing whatever. Yeah, he's out there. He's uh, he's out there like he's an entire star system now. I bet that's how well he <laughs> understands this whole system. Um, yeah, I uh, this week, um, who I, I I'm trying to think what I like what I do last night. I binged three movies because I was kind of in bed, not under the weather. I binged the Robin Williams documentary, uh, the movie The Golden Compass, which I'd never seen. So two come movies come inside me, The Golden Compass, and, and then what was the third one? Um, uh oh the legacy of a white-tailed deer hunter on netflix it's the uh 
uh, Josh Brolin, uh, Danny McBride movie. Okay. Uh, directed by Jody Hill. Um, I watched that as well. Okay, I know um, that one. I think it's relatively new. But when it comes to, it's probably mostly the Joseph Campbell thing, although I, I really got into documentaries about musicians, like the, the Long Strange Trip by the Grateful Dead on Amazon, the George Harrison documentary. That's, that's my on favorite. On I've Netflix. seen it like three times. Um, I watched that recently. I didn't realize it's 10 year, 11 years old now. So good. The doc is? Yeah. 2008? 2007. Or oh, seven? 2007, I believe. Wow, it holds up. Yeah, it really does. Amazing doc. I loved it. I'm going to watch the Elvis one that's on HBO soon. Yeah. That's probably next on my George thing. Harrison was the real John Lennon. I mean, George Harrison great, was like <laughs> He's my George favorite Harrison Beatle. was amazing. I mean, I'm sure he was an asshole too, but whatever. He, How could you not be if you were uh, I'm sure he had his moments, yeah. but at the same time he seemed to be a guy who was trying. Yeah. He was trying to find the path of love and light. Him he, him and Gary Shandling, they both had the anger they had lots of anger in their life, which I think is the reason why they sought out all that Zen stuff because of trying to reconcile with being a person. It's it's called living in the material world. He struggled with living yeah. in the material world, and he also struggled with drugs. Which I mean, I don't think they they taught they didn't explicitly outright say all a bunch the way of times. through the end. It it seemed to me opiates or what? There, there seemed to be a part towards the end of um, when he was. It was like after he started, essentially, he started like the first, he, he started benefit concerts, didn't he? Did he? I, I like that. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Gosh, I'm going to stop coughing into the mic. But I could see he, it. Um, I think he did one of the first ever benefit co- concerts uh, where they brought in a bunch of like, you know, stars. Uh, I think that was him who started that. Um, but anyway, he, when he was on tour there towards the, uh, like towards the end on one of those albums, it you had like some of his friends talking being like you know well george struggled with you know he had his struggles you know and it kind of alluding to like oh george was george was on again um, i always thought they were referring remember to remember the part when his voice was all jacked in in the dock yeah which like, part towards the end and uh, it's towards like the end when he was on a solo tour with an album that had come out and he was he looked real thin this is after cancer this was uh oh gosh i can't remember if it was after cancer i totally forgot about the home invasion. i always interpreted any weakness as, as, as cancer or the murder i think it was before i think it was before huh. um anyway i can't remember nonetheless george harrison love that fucking guy i mean that documentary was bonkers good yeah and to to watch that and then you know what i remember one of his albums when he was older and the Traveling Wilburys, I mean, give yeah. me a break, man. Um, Roy Orbison, Bob yeah. Dylan, uh, rest in peace, Tom Petty. Jeff Lynn. Jeff Lynn. George, of course. That's it, right? Yeah, the only ones still alive are Bob Dylan, Jeff Lynn, and uh, Bob Dylan and Jeff Lynn. I love that music video of It's All Right, or no, End of the Line, whatever it's called. Yeah, I think it's called End of the Line. Where, where they're, they're on, the, on train. the train. And then the Roy Orbison, like it's just a photo of him because he's dead during that, but... You could do it again with George as a photo and yeah. as, as Tom Petty as a photo. And then eventually, we're probably going to live to see a day where the train is nothing but photos of those guys. Yeah. I mean, if we're lucky enough to live long enough. Probably. I wonder, too, if... Uh, like, when it came to George, you know, because, you know, the connection with the Hare Krishnas and he was... It was really interesting when they, when they talk about, like, when he went to San Francisco... 
and all that free love stuff. And then he walked through the park and he realized, you know, a lot of these people aren't, that's not the mess. They just kind of like took this image of a thing and now they're just kind of um, parasites on it, kind of, where he kind of like walked out of there and he's like, and he got clean, I think even for a minute after that, because he's like, that's not, this is not what I'm, we were talking about. Um, and it's interesting, like when you popular, when you are part of the popularization of like a movement of idea, uh, like peace and love and stuff like that. And then like what becomes of it? And like, it's the same way with art. Once you make it, you don't own it anymore. Yeah. Once you put it out there and you can't control what people do with it. You can't. And, and that's going to happen to not even stuff we make. It's going to happen to our voice, our, not just our picture, but video of us, or even in a 3D space, like we've seen it with the Tupac hologram and any other types of hologram. There's without a doubt going to be recreations of anyone who has, think of how many hours you have of audio and video on someone could online. cut together any sentence they wanted mm-hmm. yeah so it would all, sound, all you can and i would control. be like holy shit i said that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what's that going to mean it's going to be really funny but it's also going to make reality more blurry than it already is now but no doubt think of taking anyone who's super serious and making them say and do whatever you want like 12 year olds are going to have a fucking field day with that making anyone do anything what's going to happen to tv what's going to happen to to just yeah what point does actors the, yeah i mean I, I mean i don't know at what point does it all just become something to where there's a great reset yeah pure unadulterated imagination the big eye imagination where there's like no limit on it wow that's uh you know what let's um let's put a bow on that <laughs> let's jump behind the veil if you don't mind okay for the patrons we're going to continue this conversation. We're going to talk about the future of, of the, you know, the quote-unquote reality that we have inside of us uh, and on the outside of us that's, that is the same. Let's, uh, um, we're going to go behind the veil for the patrons on uh, patreon.com backslash Ryan Singer. Uh, in the meantime, um, while you're um, doing that or if you've taken a you know, pee break or a coffee break in between, um, you can go to RameenNazer.com. You can get all the links. Um, you can check out his podcast. I mean, let's look. I mean, you you got art, books, things you can wear, pins, games, film, audio. I mean, you've got collectible art cards. Uh, make sure you go to the Instagram and give them a follow at Ramin Nazer. Um, on Instagram, you're going to love it. Every day it's like a really positive, fun, cool um Art, artistic, you know, view into his brain. Um, what else? Uh, if they want to get uh, Infinite Elephants, the new book that's coming out, um, it'll be available um, this month, probably towards the end of the month, on the site, prominently displayed. Okay, and if in the meantime, if you're curious about what that might be, you can go to the kick, just uh, go to Kickstarter and, and and search Infinite Elephants. And you can see uh, what that collection is going to be. It's a hardcover book. I believe it's got a whole year's worth of artwork, right? Yep, it's got about um, 200 pages. So, yeah. So, um, you can check that out. I'm, I, I've got mine coming. Oh, yeah, uh, it's coming. Soon. Uh, I'm excited to have it. An autographed copy. You bet your sweet tush. <laughs> um, and so then also... Um, Underbelly show, uh, August 24th. Have I talked, did we talk about that at the no. dynasty? That's the next one, the 24th of okay, August cool. on the I'm main there. stage. I'm there. Um, Ramin is the house band, not to mention, 
another project that Ramin and I are, are working on together that I'm very excited about that we'll be able to tell you about at some point in the future that I'm really excited about. Um, but what else, what else do we need to plug other than Man, the rain? even patrons don't even get to know what that project is. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah, They'll not, know. Not yet. I mean, yeah. Cause I mean, I think they'll know what it is once we have like maybe a date booked. What should we talk about? Do you feel, do you feel shifts like not just in the news and stuff, but have you been, this gets really woo woo, but that's what this podcast is for. You just feel like you're, you're just becoming everyone. Like just, you're slowly becoming everyone. We're slowly waking up. We're not waking up yet, but we're so much more just, I don't know. Something feels different than it did in 2010 or in. Well, yeah, we can talk about that. Um, I, I do like the idea of talking about that. So, okay. So, uh, um, so yeah, if you want to hear the rest of this conversation, you got to jump over to the Patreon page. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, donate if you want. Um, so thanks again, me and paranormal, you.com, Ryan singer, comedy.com, rising on Instagram, on Twitter, please go to iTunes and rate and review the Mindcast. It's really helpful. I don't push that enough. Um, but it helps us get uh, a little more attention. Um, also you can check out my archived uh, interview I did on Midnight in the Desert with Dave Schrader. We just did that earlier this past week. Um, we had a real fun chat talking with Dave Schrader. He's like, uh, you know, he has been a uh, guest host on Coast to Coast AM on the weekends, but now he took over Midnight in the Desert on the Dark Matter Digital Network, I believe, or yeah, I think so, uh, or Darkness Radio. He also has that program. At Midnight in the Desert, if you don't know, that's the radio program that Art Bell started after Coast to Coast AM. And then, uh, so Dave is now the host of that program, which is five nights a week uh, at that same time slot, nine to nine to 12 Pacific Coast time. Anyway, real fun chat. I'll be on that program again, I hope. And Dave will be jumping over here to do an interview maybe next week. So anyway, thank you for listening. I hope you uh, are enjoying your life and your experience. Thank you for your patience. <laughs> Excuse me, you can still hear. I've got a little bit of a lingering cough, but we're back, and the 30-year bonuses will be back and up and running this week. I've got a big one coming that I'm researching that's uh, very important. We're talking about you know, some of the problematic issues that may be uh, underlying some of the conspiracies and all these other things uh, when it comes to the paranormal world. What can we believe and what should we um, not believe when it comes to QAnon and uh, all these other, like, are there seeds of white nationalism and anti-Semitism? What's QAnon? Uh, I know QAnon you're is, the thing, but... It's like this, oh, it's... Oof, oh. I don't even know. Okay. <laughs> but it is the one thing that people are really latching on to as far as a source, a high inside source uh, inside the Trump administration that apparently has the ultimate, that has the real truth about what he's doing, which would be the complete opposite of what most people, especially here in Los Angeles, think that he is. So it's like he's he's secret good guy or secretly even like, worse. Part of it is even that him and Robert Mueller are working together to take down the cabal, but they have this face of Mueller investigating Trump oh. to like throw the Man. scent off. Well, so it's like it's it's pretty far out stuff, but it's also what got Roseanne Barr fired. Yeah, because it's a lot of George Soros is like the devil. Um, you know, uh, a lot like Hillary Clinton is like a cannibal pedophile. It ties into a lot of this, like really like harkens back to a lot of anti-Semitic stuff that was used by the Nazis uh, when it came to like, you know, painting Jewish people as like these, you know, 
pedophilia, cannibalistic monsters, makes them less than human, easier to hate, yeah. right? Um, so um, it's it's just so much. Where do you stand on it? Or you don't even stand. It's just too much to even make sense. I guess you'll it. have to go to the Patreon uh, page to find <laughs> that out. Um, but uh, yeah, so thanks again for listening. I hope you're doing well. Trust us, the, the world is changing, I think. Um, there are people out there fighting for the good stuff and uh, they just don't advertise it. So that's why they're not on the news getting pushed down your pushed down your face. Um, so you just have to seek them out a little bit and you'll see the warriors of light out there. And Ramin Nazar is definitely one of them. Thanks again, buddy. Thanks and, for having uh, me. It's yeah, always a blast. Yeah, and we'll do another one real soon.